So what happens is when you live in obedience to what God is saying, you're plugging all the pins of your entire life, your spiritual, your emotional, your intellectual, your will, mm-hmm. right? Uh, everything across the board, physical into alignment with God. And so that, what does that do? That opens up to receive the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. This is a journey that you have to take. It's something that you have to do for yourself and you should do for yourself. It is not something you can outsource. It's not something you can send to China and get returns back in a few months. It is something that you have to do for yourself. And we are here to guide you, to encourage you, to challenge you, and to help you learn to critically think for yourself so that your faith is your faith and you understand why mm-hmm. you believe what you believe. My name is Jesse Mayer, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Welcome, everybody. I'm glad to be here today with you because uh, we're just diving into some really uh, important questions, I think, about uh, our own personal journeys with mm. the Lord and what God is actually doing in us. Uh, we're not just, you know, uh, set apart, saved, and then you know, show up in heaven, but he's actually to will and to work for his good pleasure in your life right now. And it's important to understand, well, what is his work in my life? How is that, you know, his good pleasure? What does that mean? And so we're digging into that in this new series called Higher Value. I'm really, I'm really excited about where it's going. Yeah, we're kicking off this new series, Higher Value, and everyone wants more value. Higher value relationships, higher value careers, higher value life. The real question is, where does that value come from? Where does your value come Mm -hmm. from? Mm -hmm. This is the question we want to dig into. Why value is so important to human soul, and what does true, authentic value come from in this life? Yeah, I think... um You know, we talked on Tuesday when we were studying about how you can't experience value until you understand God's intent and your own nature and then how to receive it. We talked about Mm. that, that gal who was married, but she had a dark secret. Right. And then when the secret came out and she told her husband, he was like very loving and forgiving, right? He embraced her but she couldn't receive it right and she ended up leaving her husband over it because that is so strange and yet it's the common most common response that people have in that we cannot receive what god is doing in us and see this is what people don't don't um necessarily think about and that is this is that the way god's activity in your life works is you're saved because God has in grace, out of love, emptied himself, came, sacrificed himself. So what he did is he orchestrated it. He paid the price. He took care of all the issues. He dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's. He broke all the, the, the prisons and bondage spiritually and physically. He did all of that. on his side. And so Satan cannot mess with that. Right. Satan can't stop the grace of God. So, so how in the world is Satan able to have power and do anything? It says, you know, we read in the new Testament all the time, the spirit of this world, uh, you know, and 
the reason the only thing that he can do is he can do something to you as a human being that interferes with your capacity to receive the grace of God. So all of his work is on that side of the equation. Well, and it's almost like we see this in, you kind of talked about these atheistic Christians, right? The people that, yes. that receive grace, that receive all of this input. Yeah. Um, they go to church even every week, yeah. but they don't do anything. They think they're about rece- it. they've received it. But. Right. And I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of in um, James chapter one, they talk about, you know, listening, but not doing, doing right. Yeah, like yeah. that's a whole segment. I was doing devotionals in they and uh, today, and that actually was one of the things that came up. Um, and it, cause why is it important to do what you hear from God? Because that's enacting what he's telling you to do. Like yeah, you're well, only do doing you, part one. And, is it because God has uh, a job, a chore that needs to be done and he needs you to do it? No, it's ultimately for our own benefit. Yeah. Okay. And how does it benefit you when you do what God says, what happens to you? Think of this equation. Satan can only mess with this half, which is the side of it you're on. He can't mess with God's grace. So when you do what God asks you to do through the word, you're accepting his grace. <laughs> you're, not, you're close. I'm getting there. I don't <laughs> dig I'm, deeper because what you're doing is you are saying, I trust you that I will align myself with you. Right. Mm. And when you come into an alignment, you know, you, you understand technology, electricity, all this kind of stuff. And that is if you plug in a camera and you want that camera to bring a feed, right. Right. And inside that little cable are all these little pins, right? Right. And so what happens if one of those pins is broken and you plug the camera in? I get really frustrated and throw it away. <laughs> but I ultimately throw it the, the signal doesn't get to where it's supposed to go. Yeah, it's or, or you get like part a, of the signal or, yeah. or half of the signal and you're like, why is everybody blue? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes. okay, well, one of the pins is broken. I need a new cable. Blah, blah, blah. So what happens is when you live in obedience to what God is saying, you're plugging all the pins of your entire life, your spiritual, your emotional, your intellectual, your will, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Everything across the board, physical into alignment with God. And so that, what does that do? That opens up to receive the grace of God. Well, and I guess you could also use the, uh, the analogy of someone who you know, you see these these documentaries on these people that are so overweight they can't even get out of bed, right? Yes. Like they're a thousand pounds and they just have yeah. to have food brought to them, right? Yeah. Which is I, the problem right there. Right. <laughs> but I think sometimes as Christians, we can be that same way. We can go to church every week and we get fed. Yes. But unless we're out exercising, (laughs) we just turn into people that are blobs blobs that are are bedridden and we're not doing the other half of the equation, which allows us to become the best versions of ourselves. Right. And we're not we're actually not receiving. You see where you think we are, but we're really not. And and I think that and so that's where Satan does all of his work. It's Mm. on that side. And and what happens is he does it on that side by impugning the character of God. He's constantly impugning the character of God. That was the lie the serpent told, right? He's hiding things from you. Exactly. And so um, I have a TikTok video. Let's see if they'll show it and we'll get it up and running. Okay. Okay. Why do you worship a God who's so cruel that they would create people with brains and reasoning ability 
that and also leave zero evidence or proof of his existence and then punish you forever for not having enough faith um, in what men say about him. Like, that's cruel as fuck. And if you think that that would be cool, then you guys deserve each other. And I don't, I don't want anything to do with you. Okay, there you go. That is what I call uh, logic that is so shallow. Um, it's it's difficult to uh, hear sometimes because mm. it's just so it's a word salad. But but w- this is really common. Okay, impugning of the character of God in Genesis chapter three. It's like you just said before we watched it. Is the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? So these are the most common arguments against God uh, propping up in today's world in the following forms. It's like, well, did God actually say that? Did God actually say that life is sacred right? There is a sacredness to life and it needs to be protected. And so, you know, you hear about this all the time today. You say, well, abortion never uh, is in the Bible, right? Mm, right? So Jesus never said anything about abortion. So it wasn't important to him. And if it's not important to him, then it shouldn't be important to us. Uh, we hear this in regards to same-sex marriage or uh premarital sexual contact or any of, you know, these gender things says, well, God, Jesus never mentioned these things. So it obviously wasn't what important to him. So it's not important to us. Now, all of these are basic, the same argument. And that is, did God really say that? Right. Did God really mean that? And so this person is, is then taking, you know, the statements of God and saying, why would you create people with brains and then not give any proof of your existence and then punish them for not having faith? Well, the problem with what she's saying is that all of it is false. Okay. And that is, is that God created you to be what relational, right? (laughs) Okay. Now to be relational, right. To experience love in a relationship, you have to have certain criteria And that means you have to have free will, which means the capacity to do what? Choose. Choose. You can't have free will unless you can, unless you have a brain that can reason. You're not driven by instinct. You are driven by what? You're by your rational Rational. mind. Okay. So then the next thing is then she says, not Prove your existence. Well, there's lots of proof that God exists. You just don't. <laughs> you just because you reject it and you don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So that's just a flat out falsehood. Mm. You know, that's all you're doing is you're saying, oh, uh, this doesn't exist. Don't give any proof of your existence. Well, actually, he did. There's a lot of proof. There's all the philosophical proof, the historical proof, the archaeological proof. But most importantly, there's Jesus. Mm. <laughs> and that's one big hunk of proof that you can't get around right. is Jesus in his presence. Okay. And then finally say you punish them for not having faith. God doesn't punish anybody for not having faith. You see, that's not God's intent. 
Right. You know, we're punished because we choose sin. We choose to not receive God's grace. We reject it. So she's not going, you know, to that hot place below because she doesn't believe in God or she doesn't have enough faith. You know, what, what it is is that she is saying, I w- I'm choosing myself and my sin over receiving what God wants to do in my life. That's the, Jesus said there's only one sin that you are not forgiven for. That's it. There's only one. And that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that is, is well, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, then you dig into it and you realize that Jesus said the Spirit of God has come to convict the world of its sin, right? Mm-hmm. And is a testimony to me. And so the bottom line is, is that the only, the, the thing that we are, uh, that allows us or uh, brings us to hell is our rejection of God, of Jesus Christ as our Savior. When we say, I don't want that, don't want anything to do with it, I'll go my own direction. Now, C.S. Lewis had a real interesting perspective on this. You know what he said? He said, God is a consummate gentleman. He always gives you what you really want. And if you reject him, he's not going to force you to go be with him in eternity, which is called heaven, right? Because you don't want that. Right. So he gives you what you want. And then he has, uh, in The Great Divorce, he has this uh, really unique perspective of hell. You know, and that is everybody gets to go there and everybody there gets all that they want. Mm-hmm. And at first someone thinks, wow, that's not hell, that's heaven. Right. You know, it's like that bumper sticker on the back of the redneck car, you know, hey, I can't wait to go to hell and party with all my rowdy friends, you know. Right. And so, but then you start to think about it. What happens if every you live in a place where everybody gets exactly what they want when they want it you devolve into that sounds like hell to me yeah (laughs) Yeah. you see what i'm saying everybody and so it just seems hell so the the logical fallacy that she is committing and that other people who make this argument are commuting committing and they appune the character of god his intent what is he actually doing is it's about it's called the argument from silence and so the logical fallacy is basically this. Well, since this person didn't say it, then they must approve of it. Because it was omitted, then they, yeah. Then there's no record of it, yeah. th- or there's no argument against it, basically. Yeah, side note is that your kids become experts in this. Yes. <laughs> I told you to clean your room. Okay, then why are there clothes? Well, you didn't tell me to pick up clothes off the floor because that's clean to me. They're clean clothes. They're not dirty clothes. Right. And then you want to pull her out. You're like, no. So see what I'm saying is that yeah. they play this game with you all the time when they're eight or nine and every wise parent does what gets out of that pretty quickly. Right. Okay. But yet that's what people are doing with God today. And that is, is that because they don't understand God's intent, this gal doesn't understand God's intent whatsoever. She uses this logical fallacy. In other words, uh, well, because Jesus didn't say anything about, uh, abortion, then it must be okay. Well, Jesus didn't say anything about embezzlement. Jesus didn't say anything about, uh, pedophilia. Right. He didn't say anything about being cruel to animals and pets. And yet we understand that those things are all morally wrong. Right. Well, why is that? Well, because when you read in the embodiment of his teaching, it's plain as day. You see that plain as 
day. So that's really the first thing is I think that people can't receive. Satan does all of his work on that second half of the equation. They can't receive what God wants to do in their life because they don't understand his intent. They don't understand his intent because there's people like this on TikTok that make these shallow, confusing arguments. But because young people have not been taught how to think in school, they have no critical thinking skills, it makes sense to them. And that's heartbreaking. Well, I... It really comes down to this idea of us being our own worst enemies, right? Like Satan's basically playing into this idea of if I can just convince you yes, not to accept this, then I get what I want, right? Or yes. if I just convince you you're not worthy of it, or I just convince you that there's no form of this that could be accurate, then I win, right? Yes. Like his, his journey is so much... I want to say easier where it's like, you just kind of got to convince them of this one thing and then they'll take care of the rest yes. on their own. Right. It's yes. kind of this just turning and then CS Lewis described do. it this way. And that is no, no, I'm sorry. GK Chesterton. Oh, I forget. Oh, they're both Englishmen. So what difference does it make? <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically what they said, I think is CS Lewis. He said, look, did you know that there are more than 360 angles with which you can fall over and trip? Yes. But there's only one angle at which you can stand upright. Okay. There's only one. Only one. And that's when you're perfectly in balance standing up, right? Right. But you can fall in any direction, right? Yes. (laughs) And for the very simplest reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to fall. It's very easy to trip. And that's exactly what you just talked about. Satan's job is, if his job is tripping, he's got 360 angles to employ there's only one way to stand erect right well it's the same the same uh example was used in youth group actually on monday steve used an example where he had some kids stand on chairs and other kids stand on the floor and they were both trying to pull each other to their position the people on the chairs are trying to pull them up people on the floor are trying to pull them down well fun fact it's much easier to pull someone on a perched ledge yeah, down, down than it is to pull someone yeah. who's on a flat surface on the ground up. And so similar idea is there's a lot of ways to fall down or there's a lot of way there's, you know, yeah. the, that, that higher ledge is harder to pull people up into that great, which is an excellent illustration because the person on the ground has an additional partner in the process called gravity. Right. So the person who's up has to fight gravity and so it's so much and more balance. difficult. And yeah. All of the all these things. things. And so what is the gravity of the world in which you live? Sin. It's sin. So that that's why. And this is what's really interesting is that you have to understand God's intent. And God's intent is that he has come to heal you and to save you. Right. That's right. what he that's his intent. But people can't accept that because they're impugning God's character. There, you know, people say the evil one says to whispers in our ear, well, did God really say that? Is that really what he meant? And then the next thing I think that is really interesting is, uh, verse four of chapter three in the book of Genesis, when, uh, Eve responds, well, we can eat anything we want, but if we eat of this one tree, then we're going to die. Right. And so verse four, it's really interesting. The serpent says, you will not certainly die. And so what he's saying is God is a liar. Mm. He says, verse five, and let me tell you why he's lying. For God knows that when you eat from it, 
Your eyes will be opened and you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. So this is what so many people do is they go up and they will say, that person is a false person or that person is a liar. Why? Because they have an incentive to lie to you. Now, this is what's really amazing. How many people buy into this, right? You do it with your friends. You do it with your family members. You do it at work. This is what gossip is all about. It happens all the time in the church. Well, this person did this mm-hmm. to me, or this person was dishonest. Why? Because they had an incentive to be. Okay, first and foremost, most people don't think this way, but you have to realize just because I have a, a person has an incentive doesn't mean they actually lied. You have to prove you have right. to prove it. And so there's motivation and then there's the act. There's exactly. There are two different there's things. There's a legal system based there's, on this. Yeah. Uh, our entire belief. <laughs> yeah. When they go out and investigate a crime, they go, okay, we have to have what? We have to have motive. Yeah. We have to have a motive. We can't say you did this wrong without some motive. That's why random acts of violence or random crimes like with serial killers and stuff is so difficult to solve because there's zero motive if, uh, until they find out the serial killer has a motive just to kill for no reason. Right. Right. And so, Oh, okay. But it takes a lot longer, mm-hmm. you know, to catch up to that. And so the second most common argument that impugns God's character, that he wants to come and heal you and save you is called incongruence, right? God has an incentive to not do this. And that's exactly what that woman in that TikTok video was implying is that God is cruel. You see, he creates you, gives you capacity to think, gives you no uh, evidence of his existence, and then punishes you for not believing in him or having enough faith. Mm. See, okay, what she's doing is she is basically calling God a liar. Right. And, and when it comes to what he says about you and me, we have to ask ourselves this simple question, and that is, is it true? Is it true what he says about you? Is it true what he says about me? That's half the battle is understanding if you believe that because that gives you tons of value and tons of confidence in who you are or it gives you obscene amounts of depression. Exactly. And we're really going to hopefully dig into that throughout this series. If we don't believe that we have a tremendous amount of value because we're created in the image of God, we then can't have uh, uh, an acknowledgement that our value has been corrupted by sin. Mm. And this, this is what God says over and over and over again. You see this in the Old Testament when you read through it over and over and over again. Then you read through the New Testament, you see it over and over and over again. And that is because of his great love for us, he came in order to do what? Cure the cancer of sin. Right. Mm. You know, he that's what his blood does is it cures the cancer. But the problem is in our world today, particularly in our society, in America's society, is that the predominant philosophy that all young people are taught is that there's nothing wrong with you. Mm. Whatever you subjectively believe about yourself is true. That's your truth. And they're, they're adopting Jacques Rousseau's philosophy of human existence saying, look, whatever you want, your feeling, your self-perception is true. It's society that's the problem. And as a matter of fact, until society affirms and acknowledges who you believe yourself to be, then guess what? You're going to have all kinds of problems. But those problems aren't your fault. 
You know, your anxiety, your depression, your feelings of loneliness, your feelings of abandonment, you're uncomfortable in your own skin. Guess what? That's not your fault. That is society's uh, result of their judgment of you. It's they're stigmatizing you. Mm. So these people are going out, these young people are going out and they're saying, well, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. And somebody says, well, you know, your reason why you're a middle school girl and you don't feel comfortable in your skin. It's because you're not really a girl. You're actually a boy. And they go, Oh, I believe that. That's so true. That explains, right? So in other words, it's exactly what we talked about earlier. They state a lie, you know, but it's true because there's an incentive. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't have to actually be true. So they state this falsehood. Oh, it's because you are, uh, you, you were born in the wrong body. And they go, that must be true. And so they take all of their dissonance, their emotional dissonance, all of their struggles, and they put it on that hinge, right? And then it gets worse. Right. Their anxiety gets worse their depression and their uh, disassociation, all this gets worse, right? And then what the people do come and say, well, the reason why is because the world stigmatizes you. That's why it's worse. And so that, this is what's so sad about it is how it destroys lives. And we've talked a little bit about this uh, before, but now what's happening is there are tens of thousands of young people who were transitioned as preteens and teens who are now coming back in class action lawsuits and suing these gender transition clinics. And it's, it's going to be big. And the, what people are realizing is that, Oh my goodness, what we did is we used children to, uh, prove our philosophical falsehood about human nature. So in the end, it's all about, society uh, is teaching young people to reject what God wants to do in them because society tells them there's nothing wrong with you, but God says, I love you and I love you enough to tell you there's something wrong with you that needs to be fixed. This is your true nature. Right. Well, and if you can't admit that there is something wrong with you, then you don't need the gift of grace that he sent his son, right? Like if you have this belief that I'm fine, which some churches are doing these days, right? There are churches out there that are like, we accept you for how you are. What you do is what you do. And it's all fine. Jesus loves you anyway. And it's like, but if it is all fine, then you don't need Jesus. Right. Like there was no point in him dying for you. If everything you do is fine, is okay. Right. Yeah. And so then you have no need for Jesus and therefore you don't really need to be a Christian because you're not accepting the part that he did. He's like, yes, you screw up because you have sin in your life and you mess up and you do wrong things. Yep. But I sent you this amazing gift. And as long as you can admit that you make mistakes, then that grace is yours. Yes. But when you, when you perpetuate this idea of I'm fine and perfect and I'm loved no matter what I do, it's like, well, but that's kind of getting rid of the part where it's like, but Jesus had to die because you aren't fine and perfect and everything's good. Yeah. And listen, listen to them. Carl Jung said this. He said, look, 90% of my clients would be healed mentally and emotionally if they could be convinced that they were forgiven. Mm. But do you see what happens is, is that you're stealing people. You're stealing from people freedom when you tell them they have nothing to be forgiven for. Mm. And they are locked in that trap. 
You see, they feel guilty, and then they say... Because they innately feel exactly. that it's wrong. Yeah. Even if they're being told it's fine, they innately know this is probably not fine. This exactly. is not fine. This doesn't exactly. make me feel good. And exactly. Exactly. So like, but everyone tells me it's fine, so therefore it must be fine, and then they get into this dissonance of... Yeah. Well, the reason I feel this way is because society's judging me. Right. No... You've already judged yourself. So we've got a couple minutes left, Pastor. Any other thoughts you have on this topic? Well, I think that that's the second thing is that you really, you know, if you want to be a free person, okay, then you have to understand your your nature here on that it is now. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you want to be set free, uh, you have to understand your nature as it is now. If you want to uh, walk in the fullness that all this life has to offer, you have to understand your nature now. If you want to experience joy, if you want to be able to fall in love, stay in love, and enjoy, enjoy that journey, you need to understand your true nature. Mm. Because if you miss your true nature, none of that is possible. It's impossible because you will be locked in a deception that comes from Satan in this world. You you look at it uh, across the board, and the for instance, if you go back to chapter 3 of Genesis, is because of what happened, they were cursed, right? Right. Now, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is God saying, okay, I'm mad and I'm going to make it this way. Mm. Or is it there? there is a moral law in the universe, just like gravity is a law. You know, the laws of physics are laws. And one of the things that's really interesting about that is, is, is God simply stating, this is the consequence of the choice that you have made. And this is what it looks like. And to the man, what does he say? He says that from now on, you will produce food by what? The sweat, sweat of, of your, your brow. brow. You must toil, the, toil land. the land. And all it will produce for you is what? Thorns and thistles. Right. Okay. Every psychologist worth the salt says today that the vast majority is, is that men define themselves by what? Work. Work. Yeah. Now, is there some that aren't? Sure. But that's the exception, not the rule. It's all about work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what was the nature of the curse on men? Your work will Your be work. hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be difficult. And the more you work, the more thorns and thistles you get. And isn't that interesting? Because if you become a workaholic, what does your life produce? Typically not great things. Thorns and thistles. Mm. Right? Isn't yes. that interesting? And then you go back for women. And this is what's really hard. And most people don't want to hear this. And, but I'm the salty pastor and I'm going to say it. And that is, is that today the relationships are so difficult in America today because women are taught that the reason they don't have relationships is because there's a problem with men. Mm. And when it comes to relationships, guess what? Men are always the problem. Women never do anything wrong. The reason why your, rela- your marriage isn't going well is because it's your husband's fault. And I just want you to know that that's not true. Because it says in the Bible that your curse is that your pain will be greatly increased in childbirth, Mm -hmm. yet your desire shall be over your husband. And so all psychologists worth their salt all say the same thing as women in general define themselves not by their work, but by what? Their relationships. Their relationships, right? Particularly their relationships in their family with their children, parents and their husband 
And most women don't realize this, but a lot of women, I'm going to say this very, very salty, is that the reason you're not happy, not all the time, but the reason you're not happy in your marriage is because you're being driven by that nature that's been corrupted by mm. sin to control your husband. You want to control and manipulate him because deep down inside, you have a subconscious value that if I can get this man to be what I want, I will be happy. And guess what? That is a soul thirst that can never be satisfied in that way. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor, for sharing so much with us today. I'm really excited about this series. I'm excited to hear what you talk about on Sunday as we kick off this series, <laughs> Higher Value. And I hope it just enlightens people's lives, helps people that are struggling with their value or seeking value in places that will not ultimately sustain their value that they will get something out of this. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Sunday here at Foothills Christian Church. Blessings.